Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am Louise Salas, and with me, as always, is my very talented friend. If she is my Lewis. I will always take the journey with her and be her Clark. <laughs> the mixtress DC Gina. <laughs> Hi, Louise. That's pretty funny. Yeah, we're pioneers I mean, today. you know what just came to my head? Christmas vacation. I don't know why. I'm like, I don't know Clark, shooter's full. Oh, wrong Clark. <laughs> okay, so let's go back to why I got to Lewis and Clark and uh, put you through a little test like I have before. And so, my family is miserably okay. Go. Okay, speaking of Lewis and Clark, can you tell me what Daniel Boone, Johnny Appleseed, Bessie Smith, Billie Holiday, Amelia Earhart, George Washington Carver, Alexander Graham Bell, Andy Warhol, Frank Lloyd Wright, this is getting difficult, Jeff Bezos, and Elon Musk have in common? They were the firsts? They're just great pioneers. And so, and in their respective categories and leaders in their field. Um, which leads me to today's designated drinker. Huh. And uh, the madness behind the genius, the owner of Tiki TNT and Potomac Distilling, the no other than Todd Thrasher. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, it's like I put him in like the list of like with like Billy Holiday and Frank Lloyd Wright, and I get a hello. <laughs> He's also wearing an Afghan right gently have, around his shoulders, like a little. I'm like FDR without the wheelchair right now. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, no. that is. Yeah. You are totally. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so just so you know, we are at his location, and uh, it's just a little would chilly you, in this spot. Would anyone else like a blanket? No. Well, yeah, it's just a little chilly. It's got this new space. It's beautiful, although. Apparently his bits are cold because we're wrapping them up. Oh, so Todd is offered a blanket when you can't see, and he just literally tucked in his own balls and well, didn't give it to her. You know, I don't think that's allowed to say. Really. It is explicit joke. Well, you know, with Gina in the room, I don't blame you tucking him away. You know, you, you, you gotta be on defense. Hold on. Okay. We just Ooh. blew out a few earbuds on that one, but hey. So sorry, Maria. Yeah. So let's talk about let's let's establish where we are. This is very painful, just so you know. No, being here with Gina. No, (laughs) it's endearing actually. Just so you know, folks, there's a long history here, and I think you're gonna hear it. A little claws, but I think it's really kind of padded with a lot of love. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I hope so. I would hope so at this point. Anyway. So tell us about your new spot. Tell us where we are. We are in the front bar, I think, of Tiki TNT. <laughs> we don't know if this is the front bar or the back bar. We kind of go back and forth. So this is the bar and the entrance. The yes. real name is called the prep bar. This is the prep bar? Yeah, we were supposed to have prep here and do all the prep here, but we've kind of moved that to the basement because it's a little easier. Yeah. So this is uh, Tiki TNT, uh, and we have three bars. We're at Southwest Waterfront. In Washington DC and we have a distillery downstairs and I'm still waiting to come alive my boiler inspection we failed three times now oh no yeah that's right it's all in the works it's in the works that's yeah. right it works but it's in the works yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. Um, I fail a boiler inspection I mean I want to know <laughs> so, I never opened a distillery I want to know everything yeah. that you're gonna tell so, us so the boiler inspector we called for the boiler inspection on the 26th of November finally came on the 13th of January. <laughs> and to, uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's difficult to get down. Yeah, he to told us we admittedly. needed to fix one thing, and then he came back the next day 
we fixed that one thing. He told us we f- needed to fix another thing. We fixed that. He came back that day. And then my <sighs> boiler guy, I think, got kind of irritated. And now I don't know when he's coming back. Oh, no. Yeah. Just sweeten that deal. Huh? Yeah. I don't know little, what's going on. Put a little on. honey on that one for I don't know if you can do that now with DC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, say you're not on the podcast. Just say you're not. Yeah, we just do. Leave it at that. <laughs> but having, I mean, like the fact that you opened a, a a distillery in the wharf and for those of you who don't know it's a really exciting space in dc there's amazing restaurants it's the hot, obviously it's definitely the hot spot in the city for now um, whoa, whoa whoa for now well, for, for mean, the next 21 years at least because that's how long, for as long as your lease that's is my long as my lease is <laughs> you need it hot for 21 years my son needs to go to college you get that long you need that long slow burn yes yes and, and work here yeah. part-time yeah sorry yeah. And, i said and work here part-time and a girl yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so um, you've got this. You have the distillery. That's awesome. Yeah. We have a distillery in the basement. Two hundred gallon still. Four two hundred gallon fermenters. It is urban distilling at its finest. It's a. Uh, how how big is your place? Your new place? <laughs> nine hundred and thirty eight square feet. Yeah. So I have. I think I have <laughs> a, almost nine hundred square feet downstairs in the distillery. Oh, that's awesome. So it's tiny. Also. Yeah. Yeah. But we can make it work. Yeah. We'll figure well, I mean, it out. How much room does a, a still really need? More than 900 <laughs> square feet. More. So you didn't just wake up and, like, start a distillery. I mean, I know that certain people have, but you have not. You've had a long journey behind the bar. And uh, yeah. can you give us, give us a little insight as to... Uh, what got you here? What was First the journey? Of all, how old are you, Todd? No. <laughs> <laughs> not he, as old as you, Gina. How about uh, that? <laughs> not as young as I am. He's uh, 185 years old, folks. Uh, he's a bartending. He's well marinated. <laughs> <laughs> I am 48 years old. I have no problem with that. Oh. I do look younger than you. You do. Though. He does. I, have a, I look good for my age, except for my belly. He does. Oh. <laughs> no, it's smaller than it's ever been. Of course. <laughs> I work out all the time. Um. So, well, you get all the, these you stairs this, now. You get all the stairs of yeah. this multi-floor you know what? location. The stairs of the line were much bigger than this. I did oh, the, yeah. the line. The line. Oh, so, so let's jump back. Let's. let's okay, do hold this. on. Do you want the whole bartending yeah, history? Yeah, let's yes. start there, and then we can all get right. to the. So bar. I went to college at Virginia Commonwealth University, uh, and as a part-time job, I got a job bar backing at the tobacco company, and then um, is that where is that in Shaco Bottom? Oh. And then I just bar back there and yeah. worked there for a few years. And then after college, I went to... You were to, just muscle. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I was an ice filler. And I, I, I read the book Mr. Boston from beginning to end at that point. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and then after college, I started waiting tables at the Carlisle Grand Cafe in Arlington. And they had a service bar upstairs in the back. It was like a yeah. cage, basically, in the kitchen. And I have got a job service bartending up there. And so those of you who don't know, service bars really, like, they're the ones who service the wait staff, yeah. right? So you're not, yeah. like, the face. I didn't get to talk to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's probably stuck you best, in the closet. Probably best back then. Honestly, you're probably the best bartender of the day back then. Oh, you can't I, be mean to anybody. I'm, st- I'm still the best bartender. What I knew that about? was coming. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one coming a mile away. So <laughs> I worked as a service bartender for maybe, like, nine months. And then uh, someone didn't show up downstairs is kind of how it always happens. At, they had a big, beautiful bar, probably a 40-seat bar on the first floor. And so someone didn't show up, so uh, the manager put me on service bar downstairs, and I never left. I worked there for like four years, maybe five years. And then after that, I wanted to move into the big city, so I worked <laughs> in a restaurant in DuPont Circle called Gabrielle. It was in the Radisson Barcelona Hotel. I worked there for about a year. 
And then um, I got poached by the Hard Rock Cafe. <laughs> and I worked there for about nine months. And it was the worst job I ever had in my life. Um, just it was just, wouldn't that that would have just been valuable back you then? Like you're slinging. I'm sure I did. I have no idea. I mean, I don't remember what I made, but it was my highlight of working there is the bare naked ladies played there one night. And yeah, that's cool. yeah, when they were you know nobodies, yeah. right? Yeah. So that was a highlight. But it was a really hard corporate job, and I, I don't think I was ever set out for corporate life. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, one day. No, I can't see in the corporate no. space. No. <laughs> from there, one day, you, I walked down the street to um, what was it? it? Was Seventh and E at that point? It was Seventh and E Street, the Landsberg Building, and there was a. a a-frame sign now hiring bartenders servers I walked in and it was um, Cafe Lanico was looking for bartenders oh. I walked in and I had a scuba diving watch on and um, I had shorts on and the manager there who was the general manager owner uh, his name was Gonzalo comes in and I starts talking to him he's like what are you applying for I fill out the application then he starts talking about my scuba diving watch we ended up talking about scuba diving for about an hour and a half and he hired me that's awesome. So I gave my two weeks to uh, Hard Rock Cafe. Started with. Um, well, at least you gave him two weeks. I did. I yeah. wa- I've always given everyone two weeks. Yeah. I've never walked out on a job. Okay. I don't think. No, never have. <laughs> I haven't. No, I haven't. Yeah. Um, you can't. Otherwise, you burn bridges. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Right. Anyway. Yep. And got the job at Cafe Lanico. Gave two weeks at Hard Rock. Um, and Cafe Lanico was opening up, and there was that young chef named Jose Ramon at that point. And uh, he and I became really good friends, and cool. I was very much inspired by what he was doing in the kitchen, and that's kind of where the, you know, the air quote mixology stuff really started for me. I just stole every idea they had in the kitchen, well, Yeah, I always say that, like, really great bartenders, I mean, really are chef-like. When I watch Gina make cocktails, which is a really tough part of my job, it really is. It's hard watching it, it's hard drinking it. It's hard watching it because it's so painful? No, it's, oh. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm such a... <laughs> I forget. I forget. I forget who I'm with. Come on, this is the best part of that. Who is Jose Ramon? Oh, Jose Ramon is Jose Andres. Yeah. Yeah. And so he and I became good friends, and you know, it was kind of that symbiotic relationship where chefs make you something to eat, you make you something to drink, and but it was like the whole time where he was exploding and bringing new culinary things to America, and I was just super inspired by it. I remember one night. And this is, this is a crazy story. I haven't told this story a lot. On New Year's Eve one night, I was in the basement prepping. I had a cocktail. I, it was passion fruit, um, ginger, jalapenos, and rum. Oh, that sounds good. And um, I was in the kitchen, and then I hear these two people kind of screaming at each other. And walk down the stairs comes Jose Andres and Ferran Adria. Wow. Just in the basement. And this is like circa 1998, probably. And, like, that was, for me, I mean, I obviously knew who Ferran Adria was at that point, the greatest chef in the world, you know, at that point. And so, for me, it was, like, super inspiring to be there. And then after that, um, I had the desire to open my own place, and that failed miserably. And then I went to work at a a restaurant, which... I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I I met you at Cafe Atlantica. Yeah, and then I left for a year and kind of disappeared. Oh. Uh, I tried to open my own restaurant. I failed. I, I didn't fail open my restaurant. I just never got it open. Oh. And, and then uh, went to work. Went to Florida. Went to Florida to get my 
scuba instructor certification and came back from Florida as a scuba diving instructor and my wife and I were going to move to Bonaire and I was going to teach scuba diving and work as, as a dive instructor, dive master during the day and then I would get a job bartending a few nights a week and my wife was going to teach school. And that, that doesn't sound I like a bad that. idea. Yeah, I know. <laughs> in yeah. hindsight. In hindsight, I... In hindsight, I... One of my friends... Uh, brother-in-law was opening a new restaurant in Alexandria called Restaurant Eve and I they asked me would I be interested in helping them out while I was figuring out what I was going to do and I'm like yeah sure so I was going to write the wine list that's how that started yeah I was going to write the wine list because I was I'm a sommelier also and at that point no one had programs I don't even know what a fucking program is at this point all these bartenders say (laughs) I'm going to do the program over here like I don't understand what that means. There was no drink list, right? Yeah. There was no specialty Menu. cocktails. Yeah. Cafe Lanico was really the first one in DC. So went and got my scuba instructor certification in Florida. Came back. We were gonna move away, and um, I got approached by Cajal and Michelle Armstrong to help with their wine list. And I was like, Oh, I'll just help you out. And so that would have been Restaurant Eve, right? Restaurant Eve. I wasn't desperate. I was no, moving away. I don't know if they were desperate, but <laughs> I, I just... I wouldn't pay you anything. I just think that everyone realized... Well, they weren't paying them anything. They, they weren't. I'd say everything, everybody realized how awesome Did I was. Did that ever change? <laughs> um, and so I worked there for forever, for 15 years. And in that time, we opened Majestic, Virtue... Yeah. Hummingbird, PX, Amens, the Society Fair. Stop for a second. Yeah. Don't humbly pass over what he did. Okay. One thing I have to tell you is that, like, yes, Todd is definitely older than me, but he did one thing. But looks younger. But he did what he wishes. Um, he did one thing that, like, he humbly, like, over, like, like, it's been a little. First of all, it's been a little bit overshadowed because of places such as like New York City. But Todd opened one of the first speakeasies in the United States, right? So you have, you can, we'll, we'll argue all day. Is Angel Share in New York the first one? I don't know. Is I think it, Angel Share was definitely the first one. I mean, I'm saying, no, I'm saying there's like a bunch of arguments yeah. of like who and what. Angel Share definitely has a couple of I years. I think Angel Share was the first them, and the best. Yeah, but they didn't call themselves a speakeasy at first, and now they did, and now it's amazing, right? Right, not now, but 15 years ago, sure. right? Todd opens down here. And he creates something that we didn't have. We didn't have a place to go and get cocktails that were made from, you know, 1888. And this is how they made them. And yes, maybe it was like some of them were his list. And then he made all the classics amazing, right? So you could go in and get a true old-fashioned. You can go in and get, um, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't even know, Death in the Afternoon. Things that people now assume are just available on every menu, he said, no, they're not, and here it is, and this is what you're going to do, and this is how you're going to get there. And for bartenders like myself, right, like, you you have to take a minute and step back and say, you know, thank you. Thank you for taking, the, you know, the courage to open a place that, you know, doesn't yield a lot of money. These aren't places like, you know, all of a sudden now Todd's, like, rolling deep. It's really good for the ego, but not yeah. good for the wallet. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he's not rolling, you know, he's not, he's not making big dollars doing that, but what, what you did was you created a capacity to give somebody else guidance to get there. And being a mentor doesn't come in the same form as like where you hold someone's hand and you say, oh my God, you're going to be so great and we're going to teach you all these cocktails. Sometimes being a mentor is just being the figure to go to and get something. And like a lot of us called Todd Papa, Papa Thrasher and 
you know, hate or love, because yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of fucking haters, because most people love to hate, right? Um, people you hate you, Todd? You have to say... <laughs> I know a few people that hate me. <laughs> say, that's a first. Chris Solomon hates me. So, <laughs> and so if you listeners may recognize that name, he's been on the show. He got us all really, really drunk um, over the over the summer on gin cocktails. Do you remember no. that day at all? Remember? Do you remember that at no, all, Gina? Was that, no, it was at Hummingbird, right? Yeah. <laughs> you were. No, and yes, but that that is. Don't humbly just cross over what PX was. PX is is sorry is. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It is great. It is great. Yeah. But, I mean, we we opened before everyone in New York. So the only speakeasies that were really open in New York was Pegu was open. Yeah. Right? Angel Share was open. And Milk and Honey was open. There wasn't PDT. There wasn't... But it went Angel Share, Pegu, 9-11. No, it went Angel Share, Milk and Honey, Pegu. Yeah, Milk and Honey opened before Pegu. Okay. Okay. Should Should we check it? No. Want to Google it? Yes. Let's just keep going. Google it. Let's just Google it. <laughs> Google it. Todd and I have a running hundred dollar bet. Oh yeah. Right now I owe Todd the hundred. I'm willing to go the other way right now. I don't know. Audrey, okay. am I gonna win? Am I gonna win? Hundred bucks right now. Yeah. <laughs> Double or nothing right I'm actually now. Actually, a really bad losing streak. Double or nothing right now. I don't even know if the frozen machine was frozen. What the fuck? <laughs> All right, keep going. So anyway, yeah, we open. You know, but one of the issues we have at PX is we're in Alexandria, Virginia. Yep. Right? Where's that? Yeah. No one knows. No one knows where Alexander, Virginia. So even though we were one of the first, you know, we're still not well known. And um, I would say go soon. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go soon. Yeah. It ain't going to be there forever. It was actually one of my... Can uh, I have something from there? It's a beautiful bar. No, because I'm going to open another bar like PX, but not at PX. So no. Can I have one thing that's there? What would you want? It's um, in the front room. It's in the front room, and it's a shaker, and it's crystal, and I want it. It's so pretty. Yes, you can have it. It's oh, the prettiest. I got it. it. We got it on record. I've loved it for it's years. It's broken already. Oh, <laughs> no. I've always loved this one little sh- this one shaker. And Is it I always mini? want... It's the it's the it's no it's like maybe this maybe it's a mini I don't know it's up top I don't know yeah I never got that close to it but I always want to sit at the table by it yeah isn't that weird I always sat at the bar I went I mean I haven't been in a while but when I, we went all, we used to go a lot yeah we always sat at the bar when Mikey was there I fall down the stairs there I've never fallen down the stairs I fell down the stairs here so, today no so yeah, no sober I fell down the stairs there not because of anything because I was brushing yeah. but. Yeah. I love that place. It's yeah, a good awesome. bar. It is a good bar. It's great. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. So from there? Um, so PX. So we, get, we got sidetracked, Gina. You Sorry. made me. We always have these sidebars. So side anyway, um, after that, I decided in 2015, I signed a lease here. Three years ago, I signed a lease here. Wow. And um, about 2000, early 2017, I, to help I don't, what do I say? To, to, I, I, I stopped being a general manager at Restaurant Eve. So all this opens, I'm still working 60 hours a week as a general manager at Restaurant Eve. So you're like losing your mind. Losing my mind. So I stepped back from Restaurant Eve. Uh, they hired, we hired a new general manager. And I took a, um, a consulting gig at the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan from the Sidell Group. And they're awesome. Um, and I didn't know you were just a consultant. I'm a consultant there, gotcha. yeah. Um, I work with Eric Brunyang there. He's 
great to work with. Um, and I worked there, and I've been trying to do this project for the last three years as working as a consultant there, still taking care of Hummingbird and PX and Society Fair and, and such. We just had dinner on uh, New Year's Eve at Hummingbird. It was delicious. Good. Everything was good. perfectly My brother-in-law is a chef there. Everything was yep. perfectly cooked. Yeah. that? Yep. All right. Yeah. It was, it yeah. Was My brother-in-law is kind of the chef and general manager right now at the same time. Kind of uh, does it all. It's kind of, that's amazing. Yeah. So he's kind of losing his head now. His mind now. All right. Let's take a break. Let, how about we have a cocktail? drink. All right. Do I get to go pee now? No. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you can in your little fucking wooby that you have on. Pee in that. All right. Wooby? So... Yeah, it's a movie, like a blanket from, like, Mr. Mom. Yeah, okay. What you got, Gina? All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to make um, a rum old-fashioned. She already started but, it wrong. She already did it uh, wrong. <laughs> but I have something so much fun for my... To reminisce for Todd. Back in the day, Todd, when he worked at this humble little beginnings at this place called Cafe Atlantico, he invented a cocktail with... The famous Jose Andres called <laughs> the Magic Mojito. <laughs> and he became so well known for a cotton candy mojito. I was well known before that, just so you know. No, he was not. And <laughs> I have a full page food on food art. And I looked it all up. I have a whole slideshow presentation for you. <laughs> so we'll expose that. So. That's a nice cup. He, That's a great, he, look at that glass. He is, <laughs> so nice. Hold on. The glass came before the rum. It's like the chicken before the egg. When you meet some plus, young bartender, can you please face the glasses? I mean, honestly. But you never worked for me. That's, you would be better. You're ridiculous. So, anyway. So, listen. doesn't matter if you put the salt and pepper in the beginning or the end. You're still getting in there, right? Be quiet. So, we're going to make you... If you put you... salt and pepper on french fries before you cook them, they're not getting in there. Just oh, so you know. That's true. <laughs> Damn, I hate him. I feel like a grasshopper right now, which is so annoying to me. Um, I'm actually going to do something wrong because I'm like not paying attention because I'm laughing at Todd. I'm starting again. So we're going to make a rum old-fashioned, okay? Todd made this drink called a Magic Mojito. He's trying to steal my thunder because he knows it's coming. So the Magic Mojito was a cotton candy mojito where they took a martini glass and poured a, mo- a mojito into it. And here's the best part. Mojitos, one, don't go into a martini glass. They do not. They do not go into a cocktail glass either. They go over the rocks, as we all know from everything in Havana. Right? Anyway, I've decided that today we're going to honor the most famous cocktail that came out of Atlantico. And it's not the most famous one. It is. It's not. It is. The Nuevo Mojito is more famous. Okay. Sorry. Whatever. I can't remember everything. I was five. So, <laughs> so we're gonna do. We're gonna make a. So we're making the rum old fashioned. We're gonna use El Dorado 15 year. I asked Todd what rum he would like the most. He picked it. It is his place. It is his rum. So we're yes. gonna pour it. All right. So we're gonna use a little bit of Jack um, Jack Spitters. They're from our um, friend over in Philadelphia. Their distillery. So amazing. So we're gonna use that. One, two, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We're gonna do five in there, and then we're gonna do one dash for each drink for Gary Regan's for just a little bit of orange in there, okay? So now normally when you're making old fashioned, what are we missing? Simple syrup, we are not gonna use simple syrup today. We are going to use maple cotton candy. That's craziness. It's just the newest thing, not really. But Todd, <laughs> do you feel like you're like it's a good thing, like you're going home? No, going or do you home. hate it? I wanna go home right now. 
because you have to drink when you're cotton candy. Do I have to? Yes. <laughs> yes. But this, so what inspired the cotton candy in the beginning? I don't remember. I have no idea. <laughs> Seriously, no idea. Don't Just worry. I have photos and an article to pull up for reference yeah. for you. Fine. <laughs> when you felt that mini bar was your inspiration for using cotton candy. Yeah, Before I guess. it was called mini bar. No, it was always called mini bar from day one. I actually, where mini bar started, I actually used to bartend there at nighttime where they had dance nights on Friday and Saturday night oh. at Cafe Lanica. Oh my God. No, it wasn't it wasn't that. It was Latin music dance oh, gotcha. nights. Yeah. Gotcha. Was it, you didn't even make your own cotton candy? Oh my maple. God. Did you make it? I said. No, I didn't make it. That looks like... Like bed linen, actually. It is. It's your fucking bed linen. You're such a bitch. You have Jesus maple Christ. bed linen? Do you have maple flavored ba- bed linens, Todd? Can you wash that orange? You just took the sticker off of it. I am good. At least honestly, wash it. So we're going to actually, oh first of all. Michael, how did you deal with this for years? All, you must have been pulling your hair out working with her. First of all, I actually taught him how to bartend. He came to me unseasoned. <laughs> and, and then he bartended. And he came back to you Christ. to teach you something, oh so shut up. Oh my god. Anyway, we're going to finish this cocktail. <laughs> so we're going to melt it. Oh, look at that. In it true completely melts. thrasher form. Well, you know when you made a drink for like Dale DeGroff, it was less difficult. What? It was, it was like less well, difficult. Well, I mean, really, let's be honest. <laughs> you have a person that you know not in their prime anymore. Oh. <laughs> Me or Dale? You. <laughs> and now we have to go through oh a whole bunch of ego. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so we're going to finish this drink. Honestly, it's a little <coughs> bit of blood orange skin. And the only reason why I love using it this time of year because they're super fresh and you get a beautiful fragrance from it. I would much rather have fresh than stale. And then, you know. no. <laughs> and then, no. And then, shut up, Todd. Um, no, no kidding. All kidding aside, enjoy. Cheers. Please. Can I have any some so, dilution or something? No ice, no nothing. No, meat. Mm. Serving this one neat. I I guess I have to say it's good, right? You don't, you don't say anything. You say it's the worst thing you've ever had. Oh, I like that maple finish. You mm. have to. That, that's actually. Oh, it's you should, the worst thing you ever had. You should see Not the, the pain no, in his good. face. It's very good. I'm just kidding. Why is it cold? Oh, it's because it's so cold in here. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good, Gina. You're you're such a good cocktailian. So I'll drink it. I don't Do you call her an alien? Cocktailian. <laughs> Isn't that a word? You know what? You know what's really fucked up? Dumbo oh is gonna so have this cursing. goddamn thing on the menu. Why are you cursing? Where? At, at your new place? Here. At your You're new place that's here. never gonna You're open? Gonna all of us get rubble fast with the cotton candy, Mikey. You have all everybody here. When is when candy. is your new bar slash bagel stand gonna open? Um never a clock. <laughs> <laughs> I used to say September but, for this. But those are pains you understand, Todd, right? Oh, oh yeah. It's hard. It is, it is definitely a labor of love. Anyway. Now, it's very good really, I think I think it definitely benefited from the Eldorado. What, the cotton candy? No, the cocktail itself. No, I would say I it's think, my homage to so, your past. I have to say, and bring it back to the rails, that I, when you said cotton candy, of course, was like, ooh, that's going to be all sugar, but it's not. And I like the maple, and I like that orange finish. Because when you make cotton candy, air goes into it, so the sugar. And the two of you know an awful lot about air, I'm just going to say. Hot air. Hot air. (laughs) Hot air. Gina, stop assaulting Chris. Please. (sighs) 
All the joy is sucked out of my cells. I think I totally lost all control of this episode. Now you have Don't blame me. No, Don't blame so me. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to say this. Ready, Louise? I'm ready, Gina. I need a fucking break from this. Okay? Yeah. Let's wrap it. You ready to wrap it? And wrap flip it. it. Let's hear Wrap part, it and flip it. Yeah, let's hear part two of Todd's epic saga of how he became the best person on earth. In part two of this episode. Okay, so what I'm going to do is got to do a little housekeeping first, okay. and that is if you want this, if you've missed anything on this cocktail, which I, this recipe, I can't imagine how you might miss it with all the banter. You just head over to designateddrinker.show. That's designateddrinker.show, and Gina will have all the recipes, how tos, and whatnots. And are you to have where to go buy the cotton candy? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yes. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. And then, uh, and then, so they were gonna, like she said, this is gonna be part two of this episode, and uh, Gina's gonna sit back and. Todd's gonna make a cocktail. We're I'm gonna not hear the rest of the <laughs> story. I'm gonna pour a cocktail out of a frozen drink. <laughs> he's going to make a cocktail and he's gonna like but it. But we're gonna hear the rest of Todd's story, um, and we're also gonna learn what's gonna happen, what's happening here at the rum distillery, and how we can, what we can look forward to, and uh, what what's going on right now. All right. I have no idea. All right. So let's wrap it up and flip the script. <laughs>